indeed there are more questions and answers like if you study agriculture farming and specialize in sheep do you leave college with a baa hi america <laughs> hello world my name is adrian lee and i am your host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. I must just mention, actually, seeing my mum is asleep in the room next door. I don't do this very often, but we have a radio show and it goes out to thousands of people and we have 68,000 followers on Twitter. So I'm just going to mention that my mother is sleeping in the room next door. But this week she had a terrible fall. She is a very elderly lady, of course, and she shattered her <laughs> leg. That's terrible. No, it's the facts, right? She's in her 70s. <laughs> you know, she's my mother. Okay. So, you know, that would be considered to be elderly, right? There's no room for manoeuvre there. There's no grey area. It's old, right? My mother's old. Mature. Mature. She's a mature lady. <laughs> she, uh, well, it's, I'm glad you're laughing because this is very funny, of course. Oh. Um, she slipped, unfortunately, oh. um, in the bathroom and she shattered her leg in many places and she really wrecked her knee replacement. So she's in hospital at the moment, which tells you how loud her snoring is, right? Because <laughs> the hospital was like 10 miles away. <laughs> But she has broken her leg very badly. And uh, if you wish to send healing and prayers to my mother, her name's Jenny. She's in East London. That would be very much appreciated. And while we're on the subject, this seems to be a very poor week for mums. Kim's mother is also very ill at the moment. Her name's Nelda. So again, if people wish to send their prayers and their healing to our mothers, it would be very much appreciated. And I thank you for doing so. We are snuggled under our covers, so turn out the light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let us introduce tonight's guest panel. 
Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather fell asleep this week whilst eating a plate of broccoli. Then she woke up and thought she was in a forest. Welcome to the show, <laughs> <What>? Heather. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be in a forest and fall asleep and wake up thinking you're in a big plate of broccoli. <laughs> so it could always be worse, right? Hello. <laughs> I have to say that Kim isn't actually with us tonight because she's feeling unwell. It's the time of year, isn't it, when the nights are getting colder, it's getting darker, and uh, Kim has come down with a, with a terrible cough. So she isn't with us on tonight's show. So now I move on to Greg. I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Although she's not going to know what's going on down here, is she? <laughs> unless she? Unless she's tuning in. We'd better be careful in case she's listening. If you're listening, Kim, you're fabulous, and we love you. Greg is a paranormal <laughs> investigator and tech expert. I think we got away with it. He owns an Operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg saw an old man this week feeding the birds in the park, but he didn't know how long he'd been dead for. Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> we also have with us tonight, here's our laughter track. We have with us Nathan Bush. He's the gentleman laughing in the background. We have to have our attorney with us when we do shows just to find out what we're doing wrong and whether we're still beyond the air at the end of the night. Nathan's parents had to make a lot of sacrifices for him when he was growing up because they were both pagan. <laughs> <laughs> this is Series 2, Episode 31. That explains a lot. What, Episode 31? <laughs> they should have made more sacrifices just looking at him. <laughs> it's about this time of the evening that I now read out all the fun and interesting things associated with the number 21. Sorry, 31. Yeah. I am well, number whatever. dyslexic, yeah. but we will get there eventually. The problem lies in the fact that it's okay when you're doing show 10 because there's lots of fun and interesting facts about the number 10. It's all very well doing show 24 because 24 has many wondrous and exciting things attached to it. Now we're getting into the realms of like 31. I look up online things that are interesting about 31 and it says you know you're in trouble when the first fact about 31 is it says it comes after 30 and before 32 <laughs> so we're now getting a flavor of my world but there are some things i will i won't say it's a complete write-off at this stage 31 of course is the number of days in the longest months of the year it is the dialing code for holland's if you wish to we ring the Netherlands, you need to dial 31. If Van Gogh answers the phone, of course, he won't be able to hear you. The number of letters <laughs> in the Macedonian alphabet is 31, so I pity any Macedonians with dyslexia. It is also the name of a card game and a backgammon game, apparently. You can tell we're scratching around the bottom of the barrel for 31. 32 will be okay, because that's an even number. I know now that show 32 will have many wondrous or inspiring things attached to it. 37, I'm slightly concerned about, I'm just saying. I wish to draw your attention to the fact that we now have a YouTube channel. So to add to all of the fun and fabulous things you can hear us on, including iTunes and SoundCloud, you can now hear us on YouTube. We have a fabulous clip. If you've not heard this yet, this is the best six minutes of radio you will ever hear in your life. So if you go onto YouTube and you type in more questions than answers, 
and Adrian Lee, you will find six minutes. I dare you that the end of that, if you've not wet yourself through laughing, you are dead. If you listen to that six minutes and you haven't laughed, ultimately, if you don't laugh during the course of this six minutes, then, then you're clinically dead and you need to go to a doctor's as soon as possible. If you want to laugh, if you've had a miserable day, if you want just a bloody good laugh, YouTube ta- uh, channel and uh, more questions than answers. Adrian Lee, this will be the funniest six minutes of your life, I swear. It's an outtake and it's hilariously funny. I also want to mention, you would not believe how many countries listen to our show. It's very odd. We sit, no no word of a lie, we sit in the barren Midwest Plains in a bean field in our studio. Mm -hmm. And it's very bizarre to think that 204 countries around the world are listening to this show as we speak. It's phenomenal. I, I just, if I said to you, just name 204 countries, you'd be struggling, right? Yes. You'd end up saying things like Portugal. <laughs> By the what? way, if Paul- is that real? No. If- <laughs> See what we're working with. This is why you don't win very often. If Portugal and Spain ever decided to get together and buy one nation, they'd call themselves Portugal, right? And everyone would be happy. When England. And Scotland decided to get together and be one country. We thought we'd call it England. And it made them very unhappy. (laughs) This is true. I'm not going to read out all 204. But if you bear with me, I have a list here of some of the countries that are currently listening to our show. And this is remarkable. And I will go through them very sharply for you. We have America, Denmark, the Netherlands, Germany, Australia, Canada, Switzerland, France, Brazil, Ireland, Russia, the Philippines, Turkey, New Zealand, Portugal, Mexico, Spain, Ukraine, Myanmar, Norway, Indonesia, Korea, Romania, Lithuania, which I'm banned in, Slovakia, India, Colombia, Argentina, Singapore, Israel, Morocco, Kazakhstan, the United Arab Emirates, Taiwan, Sweden, Thailand, Egypt, Belgium, Guam, El Salvador, Peru, Jordan, South Africa, Italy, Tunisia, Japan, Nepal, Tanzania and Chile plus 156 more. So thank you for all those countries for listening in. I'm very appreciative of that and it's such a fabulous thing isn't it? The global world of communications. Now before we run into the first round that is Ghosts and Haunties. You do realise Heather this is mono mono tonight. This is like a chess game. I was thinking I have a good chance of winning. Not when I'm doing the scores. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Why would you say that? Nathan's going to win and he's got no stories. He's going to win by default. (laughs) Now it's going to be, it's like a chess match. It reminds me of the 1950s and 1960s with the Cold War. We're sat opposite each other It's you and me, story after story. We'll see who wins at the end. But I want to mention, finally, before we run into the round that is Ghost and Hauntings, that I have a new book out. In fact, it's probably hyperbole to call it a book. This is a guidebook. It's only 41 pages, 42 pages. It came out this week. It's called The Haunting and History of the Christie House, Long Prairie, Minnesota. The Christie House in Long Prairie is one of the most haunted houses I have ever investigated anywhere in the world it's in the middle of minnesota plumb in the middle if you put a pin in minnesota in the middle you'll be piercing long prairie so this guidebook has come out it's a little novella it outlines the investigations that the team has done the international paranormal society at the christie house i was asked to put this together for the christie house or the christie home historical society proceeds from the book sale will go to their non-profit organisation. The idea is that we write about history, we write about these haunted buildings, because we still want them to be there in 100 years' time. We want them to still be up and running. You have a habit in this country 
unfortunately, of knocking down historic buildings and turning them into car lots and the like. So we want the Christie House still to be around. It's a fabulous Victorian building. It's almost been vacuum sealed. You walk in and it's like stepping into 1901. Nothing's changed since the day it was built. So it's a fabulous building. But if people are interested, as I said, a percentage of the profits will be going to the Christie House. It's just a little booklet for them to sell out of their gift shop but it's called the haunting and history of the christie house in long prairie minnesota by adrian lee and it's available on amazon so if people are interested this is what it sounds like doesn't that sound like a fabulous read i'd buy it on the back of that sounds very interesting and informative we sprint into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings i have a story that says woman who feared mysterious scratching noises could be evil spirit finding its way living in her ear a woman who feared she'd been inhabited by evil spirits after she started hearing mysterious scratching noises later to discover a live spider living in her ear Gross. the victim named by chinese media as li meng has been suffering from frequent pain in her ear especially at night when she would hear strange sounds like this you hear that i know she had taken painkillers and anti-inflammatory medication for the symptoms but to no avail Lee had even started to believe she was being punished by evil spirits because the pain started after she ate some wild berries which were growing over a tomb during her hiking trips. How many times, how many times have I sat on this show and said never eat anything out of a graveyard? How many times? No, seriously, if I had a dollar for every time I said to you... Especially the steak, it's terrible. Don't touch the steak, yeah. It just fell off the bone. That's terrible. It's been marinated. It's true, never eat anything from a graveyard. Look where the roots are, you see what I'm saying? Her superstitious boyfriend had warned her not to eat the berries, but she was so thirsty at the time she ignored his advice. She said I even went to a temple to pray, but it didn't help. Eventually, Lee sought medical help, and doctors at the Xiamen City Hospital made a shock discovery. A small, live spider was living deep in her ear canal, and it even spun itself a web, looking for a inside fly. her ear. Yes, it span a web inside her ear. It was looking for I don't a fly. Just to drop in. There are photographs of this available if people want to see this story oh. and a photograph of the spider spinning a web and living in her ear. It they is have a available. video of it spinning the web? <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, there's like family photographs. There's pictures of him I mean, out with the kids. Charlotte. <laughs> God, oh. I see literary references already. I, I see where we are. There are <laughs> photographs available of the web and the spider in her ear. If people are so inclined, there's some sick people out there. I don't know what you like. You need to go to our Facebook wall, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and you will find this story. Gross. Dr. Chen Zayu said initial attempts to remove the arachnid caused it to react violently, causing Lee more pain. I wonder if she considered eating a bird. Just say, I know a song that's similar to that. <laughs> but they were eventually able to pacify it with syrup, and it was removed. Syrup, the killer of arachnids. To be fair, you never see spiders on pancakes, do you? Ugh. Dr. Zayu said it was actually not unusual for parents to arrive. Parents to it's arrive. Not unusual. Yes. It's like going to the doctors and saying, I think I'm Tom Jones. And he says, it's not unusual. That's your karaoke number. You know, you're going to do a good. There are certain songs that lend themselves to karaoke, right? You get the opening 16 bars and you know it's going to be a killer. I, you know, if you stand up there and the microphone goes. 
as you pick it up and it whistles and you've got a crowd full of drunken people and it's all hushed and suddenly you hear ba 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 da da ba 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 da da you know what's coming next right and it's not unusual it would be one of those wouldn't it it'd be like and you know you're up and running it gets my blood pumping i want to be up there tom jones gets your blood pumping yes nice welsh boy in tight trousers what's wrong with you Wow. Yes, he said it's not unusual for your parents to live in your ear. <laughs> An estimated that there's up to 23 cases a day. He said small... A day? A day, yes. Apparently. Wow. He said small cockroaches, ants, moths, centipedes, and even flies have been extracted. Listen to the sound of the ant farm, mum. <laughs> Good times. I shall give myself... 10 points. What? <laughs> Heather. That's ridiculous. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings that's going to get you two points? Well, I am seasonal tonight. You're I just seasonal. Say, yes. Halloweenus. 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 Mesa Funeral Home holding Halloween event on cemetery grounds. Isn't that fun? Absolutely. Nothing better than a Halloween event. A went. A went? A Halloween event. Halloween event. A win my way. A win my way. <laughs> no, no don't that's not do going to happen in it. these trousers mountain view funeral home and cemetery located in mesa has picked up a lot of criticism recently over a digital ad posted just outside their hollowed grounds the community-wide ad for a trunk or treat event held at the cemetery caught the attention of sherry coombs whose daughter is buried there as I drove home, I thought I would give a call to the cemetery and just see if I saw what I thought I saw, Coombe said. She said the cemetery told her the event was happening and that it will take place inside the cemetery grounds. Sherry expressed her feelings to the cemetery and said, I felt it was very disrespectful to have that event there. I agree. That's crazy. I would, I would never hold a Halloween event in a cemetery or a graveyard. That's incredibly disrespectful. Well, I, I don't even investigate in cemeteries and graveyards unless they're pioneer ones that have been abandoned for <laughs> like a hundred years. Retraction. <laughs> Well, no, it's one thing going into a, a cemetery that's currently being used, right? And there's right. Pe- and there's piles of earth everywhere and holes and flowers that are still fresh. It's another thing spending a mile of your time walking through bracken weeds and all kinds of rubbish to get to a pioneer cemetery with a rusty with a gate machete. that no one's been in for 150 years. Right. I mean, there is a difference. Well, you're going to have to hear the events that they have there. The president of the funeral home actually says what we try is always to focus on what we can do for the community and how we can serve them. Greg Curry, the president of Mountain View, said, we have this big green grass area that there. Is that like the green, green grass of home? some points there oh my god i thought tom jones references would get me some points (laughs) um they said that they have a big wide area where there are no burials anywhere near so we thought it would be a place for families to come together really look at the dog with a bone i'm just saying (laughs) oh no put it back rover put it back this is actually the third year that the cemetery has held a pumpkin festival in the cemetery okay that includes a free pumpkin giveaway face painting a bounce house and a photo booth in the cemetery let me say before we go any further that a cemetery is either going to be kind of christian or catholic generally speaking in the midwest very rare would you find a jewish cemetery or a you know a muslim cemetery anything like that 
in the Midwest where we are. Granted, those things exist in cities, you know, and conurbations. But ultimately, this is either going to be a Christian or a Catholic cemetery. How do they feel about celebrating the third equinox of Sarwan, the Halloween festival of pagans and witches, on sacred soil? That's a huge dichotomy, isn't it? They claim that they're trying to make cemeteries less scary. Less scary by doing Halloween parties where people dress up as zombies and run around with broken chainsaws. Pretty much, yeah. She said, um, actually, Coombe said, I found it very disrespectful, and I don't think that Pearl Harbor and Arlington National Cemetery will be holding the same events. While we're talking about Pearl Harbor, and I know jokes about Pearl Harbor will be too soon. Too soon. But I'm just wondering how you can be taken by surprise two years in to a global war. That's all I'm saying. I won't say any more. How can you be taken surprised two years into a global war? Is all I'm saying. Are you done now? I'm done, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Curry said that he thinks that there is nothing wrong with the event and that this is a community outreach. I would agree. I mean, you know, I don't have strong um, views on Catholicism. Obviously, I'm Christian, but I I would find that incredibly disrespectful. And I'm not an extremist by any means. I I just think that's outrageous. Well, Surely you'd need the permission from the families of the people that are buried there to make that happen, wouldn't you? Well, this Coombs lady said that she's actually thinking of taking her daughter's remains that are there out of the cemetery because she thinks it's that disrespectful. Well, the people that own the cemetery should listen to her and say, there's loads of other places we can do this. That's, you know, I always thought I got permission from the people that own the cemeteries when I do a cemetery tour. And that's nothing to do with the paranormal. That's me walking around a cemetery for an hour with guests that have paid money and the money goes to the historical society and pointing out who the local pioneers were back in the day and talking about their lives a little bit and pointing out, you know, what the symbols mean on the gravestones and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd find permission for that. And that's just a historic tour that right. has nothing to do with ghosts and the paranormal. But you get permission for that. You know, we're very much aware that people are still being buried in these places. Sure. I, I think that's outrageous. I'll give you... So no bounce house in the cemetery? Two points. Okay. I'm just thinking that's no bounce house. No bounce no. house. No. Is there a joke in there or are you done? No, that was it. That was it. Was it? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I was waiting for the punchline. There is no bounce You'll house. You'll get that later. Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> the sister of a man found dead in a freezer 10 years ago has appealed to TV medium Derek Cora to help her get some answers. Heartbroken Christina Hearn has reached out to the former Most Haunted star to help her deal with her brother Michael Hearn's death. The 30-year-old bloodied body was discovered in a freezer in the tourist resort of Albufeira in September in 2005 after being shot several times. He was originally from Cork in Ireland. Ten years on, her sister Christine has said she needs to get in touch with her beloved brother one more time, the Irish Mirror reports. She said there were a lot of questions that I haven't had yet answered. Speaking on the radio, she continued to say, I want to know that he's happy and together with the family. Christine also claimed that she has felt her brother's presence. Well, he's not going to open them now, is he? She might as well see what he's (laughs) been bought. Every time you say something like that, I always think about Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, I have felt his presence. He's got Buckaroo, Operation, G.I. Joe, some Play-Doh. Didn't Darth Vader feel Luke Skywalker's presence? I'm just saying... 
don't remember that part of the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> she said, I got up one morning at around six. I went into the front room and there was a very strong smell of aftershave. And at the time, there was no other man living in the house who would be using it. So I knew it was Michael. I knew he was there. I have an article with all of his photographs on it there. Unfortunately for Christine, Derek did not have the senses opened up to her other world. However, he promised to speak to Christine in the flesh and contact Michael after his show in Cork's Everyman Theatre in October. He did reassure her that Michael is at peace now. The 65-year-old explained, We go into a sleep state. God places us into that simply to heal everything, even thoughts of what has happened to us prior to leaving our physical life especially people who have been sadly murdered or those who have been taken of their own lives or those who have died in tragic accidents there are places in this lovely sleep state and restoration so when they open their eyes and come good they're actually cleansed from all their thoughts and can't hold on to any ever opened your eyes greg and come good holding on to it no just thought i'd ask <laughs> i shall give myself eight points Heather, <laughs> what have you got for me Where's tonight? Kim? <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. You see how that works. When I take one of your number away, there's only one woman in the building now. See how that works. I feel outnumbered. Yes, I'm sure you'll make up for it with the next story. Good. Ghoulish. You feel outnumbered. I'm the only Brit sitting here every week, week in, week out. I get racist abuse from everybody. I don't know what you're talking about. See, and now you're the only woman in the room. And yes. all of a sudden, the tables have turned. The dynamic has changed. Things are taking a different route. See where we're going. I'm not intimidated. Okay. Well, you'll see <laughs> when you get your points at the end of the show. <laughs> ghoulish figures are coming down at a Central Texas cemetery. Some ghoulish decorations at a Central Texas cemetery are coming down after complaints about a Halloween-type figure set up on a grave. The Temple Daily Telegram reports officials at the Hillcrest Cemetery and Temple that say the items actually violate cemetery decorum rules. The display includes two masked figures with skull themes, flowing garments, and fake spider webs. Back to the spider in the ear again. Oh, there you go. Can you imagine if you blew your nose hard and a spider shot across the room and that's someone's eye <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Ever happened to you? No. No, okay. <laughs> Authorities are not sure who decorated the gravesite. The cemetery director, Brenda Coley, on Monday planned to contact relatives of the person whose grave was targeted to coordinate removal of the items. Coley says the site looks like a house of horrors and there needs to be some more respect. She also received calls and other complaints about the decorated grave, which Coley first noticed on Friday. Well, what if that person liked Halloween? Yes, but you've got to think about the person who's buried next to you, I'm guessing. Do you think they really care? <laughs> well, you wouldn't want them to come back and complain about it, would you? You're sitting Excuse at the, me. You're sit, Excuse yeah, me. <laughs> while you're sat in bed at one o'clock in the morning and they're banging on the door. They're tapping against the window frame going, I don't like the decorations next to me. <laughs> Obviously, it was a gay middle-aged Victorian British man who said that. <laughs> I don't like the decorations that are next to me in the graveyard, madam. Oh, that's terrible. You have another story for me because you're desperate for points. I do. Let's crowbar this in and we'll move on to okay. UFOs and cryptozoology. A playful spook said to haunt fancy dress shop. Fancy. It's fabulous. Shop. There we go. We're back to Victorian middle-aged gay men. What? Talk about Oscar Wilde. 
<laughs> Strange disturbances attributed to the ghost of a little girl have been reported in stores for years. Owner Katie Duplock bought the party shop in Flintshire, Wales, four years ago and has since experienced a number of unusual occurrences, including loud thumping sounds, sightings of mysterious mist in the cellar, and reports of a small child's face peering out of the windows. See, I told you, I'm psychic. Was it Salem's Lot? The film that was made on uh, Stephen King's book where they were tapping at the window as vampires. Do you remember that scene? You're far too young. Does anyone around this table have any clue what I'm talking about? No. Okay, we should move on. I'm just making film references. Did that film have David Soul in it, I believe? We just said we didn't watch it. Okay, I'm trying to... (laughs) I'm trying to make a few synaptic links for you. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, I'm getting it now. I do know one of the first times my parents, you're on minus one. I'm not having that. I remember one of the first times my parents left me and my sister on our own. Can you imagine the stress and grief parents would have leaving their kids on their own for the first time while they went out for the evening? So I reckon I may be different times, of course, back in the early 80s. But I reckon I'm about 12 or 13. My sister's 11. We were then old enough, deemed old enough, right, to be left on our own in the house. Well, of course, we didn't go to bed on time, did we? We stayed up that night on the television, BBC One. They showed the film Salem's Lot, (laughs) where the vampires (laughs) tap in against the window. (laughs) Me and my sister traditionally have never got on. I mean, you know, there's been fights with golf clubs. I've heard what you've done to your sister. And she did similar things to me. (laughs) Ultimately, we're sat there cuddling each other like babes in the woods. My parents come home late at night. You're getting on well. We're getting on well. We've both defecated ourselves through fear. I did think it was funny, though, when my sister went to bed to creep around the house and tap on her windowpane. (laughs) We lived in a bungalow. It's all on the ground level, right? I'm just saying. I have to say one story that I think you should tell in regards to your mother, a bed and a doll. This has been told before, but again, one night, I don't know where my dad was. He must have been working late, I think. But we watched the show Child's Play with Chucky. And my mum has always had an unnatural fear of China dolls. Now, my mother watches the (laughs) film with me through her fingers. She's absolutely petrified. I mean, my mother's scared of everything. So we watch this show. We watch the film. My mother has a very creepy Victorian doll with a cracked (laughs) face. And when you tip it up, it goes like they did back in the day. But it's 100 years old. So you tip it up, its eyes shut, and it goes, it's very creepy. It's called Mrs. Dow. This doll's called Mrs. Dow. Because I believe Mrs. Dow was a famous character from a radio show in Britain back in the 1950s. Well, anyway... My mother decides she needs to do her ablutions before she goes to bed so I can hear her cleaning her teeth. I nip into my mother's room, get Mrs. Dow, put her under the quilt and leave her there. (laughs) (laughs) I then run back into my bedroom, which is next door. I mean, you know, this is where we are. I'm next door. I then hear my mother walk into the bedroom and at this stage i am laughing so hard i am biting my pillow to try and not give the game away i have tears streaming down my face there's about a minute or two where you know my mother's you know putting her nightgown on getting ready for bed pulling pulling the drapes and uh then i hear it's dead silent then i hear "Uh," and that was it and i laughed so hard it was very very that was it 
What did you think was going to happen? I thought she would be screaming bloody murder. No, she kind of, there was a, a kind of sigh of kind of, oh my God, and then a sense of I knew something would happen to me. Did you hear a big thud? Did she faint? There was no fainting involved. Okay. <laughs> living, living in the bedroom next door to my parents does hold several uh, key moments for me in my childhood. Locals believe that the ghost is that of a young girl named Sarah, whose skeletal remains were allegedly found buried within the building's basement many years ago. Sarah means princess, by the way. It doesn't if mean. If you're named Sarah, you are a princess. <laughs> Sarah. That's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> Whenever we lose something, we ask Sarah to help find it, and minutes later, there it is. We have stories about that, too, said Deplock. I'm sure she's friendly, so it doesn't bother me. Back when she originally bought the shop off its previous owner, Deplock had been warned about the mysterious presence in the building, and it wasn't long before she experienced it for herself. If there was mysterious presence in the building, why didn't they just open them? Oh, we're thinking Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Isn't it interesting, though? In this country, that I go to the shops and the grocery store, they have a row of Halloween decorations, a row of Thanksgiving decorations, and a row of Christmas decorations. Hello, Thanksgiving. So, happy, <laughs> happy Hello, Givemas. Oh, Hello, Givemas. Hello, Thanksgiving. We all love a compound <laughs> noun, don't we? Well, the Germans do, anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, She said, it didn't put me off. I've always been interested in the paranormal. Often we hear a huge thud somewhere, like someone falling over. I will always go and have a look upstairs, but there's no one there. We only have two of us on the shop floor, so there's no way it could be someone else. Customers hear it too and ask, what is that? But I'm used to it. There we go. Fabulous. I shall give you two glorious, rounded... Two points. What am I on now? Minus one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is where we are. You're clawing your way back to parity. (laughs) Boo-hoo. That brings to a conclusion the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings, the stories of the week from around the world that contain ghoulish and spectral things. Greg is yet to score. I am on 26. Heather's on minus one. (laughs) And Kim is on five. It's rigged. (laughs) dare you. This isn't FIFA. We move into the round that is UFOs. A bit of satire there. That doesn't happen often on the show, does it? We move into the round that is green men and hairy beasties. Stories in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology to the blonde-haired Heather Morris. Oh, God. (laughs) Crod. Crod. All bow before Crod. Wasn't that in the Superman films? General Crod. I will bow before the altar of Crod. I've got candlesticks and photographs and a life-size bust of his head made out of used chewing gum. I haven't. I'm just making that up. There's nothing to back that up with. Mystery Howl's Spark Bigfoot Hunt in Canada. Canada. Yes. I think I've actually said that before. Residents of a remote island community have been plagued by mysterious screams and howling noises. Alert Bay, a village on the coast of Camarant Island in British Columbia, has become the state of an ongoing mystery involving unexplained creature calls that have been puzzling residents for years. Several people have reported hearing the sounds, and while nobody knows for sure what is making them, there are many who believe that the legendary Bigfoot may be responsible you know what happens there's what? a canadian he yeah. comes out of his house it sounds like a joke <laughs> no it's not a joke this actually happened to me once i would tell you I would a joke s- yeah. oh. wow, Was wow. don't you start what's wrong with the two of you heather's on i can't take points away from you because you're not even playing 
Heather's on minus three. No, a Canadian comes out of his house. He's watched NASCAR, a bit of TV. He's been eating Doritos. It's seven o'clock in the evening. He goes into his yard and he yawns and he goes, and he's stretching his back. Someone a mile down the road hears, and the guy responds by going, back. And then the guy who just yawned responds back and they think there's a Bigfoot and people are calling one another. When I lived in Britain, there was a lady that lived next door to me and she said the most wondrous thing had happened over the last few weeks. She said her husband goes out into the garden and makes owl sounds. Generally, you get like a reed of grass and you make a sound like an owl. So her husband goes into the backyard every evening, makes sounds like an owl. Unbeknownst to me, there was a wood at the back of my house, Ampthill Woods. I was doing the same. We were calling one another backwards and forwards over the fence, thinking an owl was responding. That's what's happening. Or maybe not. Continue and we'll see. <laughs> Local resident Art Dick, who comes... <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> wow! <laughs> what's been on your mind, Reese? I can't possibly even repeat that. We'll be taken off air. Needless to say, if you want to hear that again, you'll need to listen to the archives. But there's a gem right there. So, Mr. Dick, yeah? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, he, he actually he comes where <laughs> he recalls actually enco- encountering. I can't even do it anymore. Encountering what he believes to have been the creature itself several years ago, when he had a tree thrown in his direction while searching for clams. The God, this is terrible. On an island to the south. <laughs> so we're looking for a hairy tree thrown woman and clams. Not oh, a okay. woman. I need to pay more attention. Go what on. are you doing? Anyway, this thing. Pulled the tree right out of the ground. The branches were still on it. I don't know anything that could literally pull a tree from its roots and all. I mean, you see that little alder growing out there. You try to pull it out. You're not going to be able to do it. So, Is this your best Canadian accent? Uh, I don't think I can do it. Eh? Y'all, eh? <laughs> Y'all? Oh, that's down south, isn't it? <laughs> it's your country. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all, where you trick a train, you and your mountain do. That's terrible. I hate that. It's the best it's going to be. That's all I've got. There's no plan B. There have been reports of a woman who encountered the creature in a cemetery. See, it's all about cemeteries and Halloween and business. It is. And we're not even near Halloween. Why did you cross your eyes then? And (laughs) why are you flaring your nostrils? Yes, all my tells are coming out. I can never play poker with you. I know. Once my eyes cross and my nose is flared, you know I've got aces. (laughs) That's it, is it? That's all we're getting. That's it. I'm done. The story of last week, and I do want to comment on this, was NASA's discovery on water on Mars. So I just want to touch upon that. Scientists believe they have found flowing water on Mars, a vital ingredient for life. Until now, the red planet was thought to be totally barren, where any water had long since evaporated into space. This is the Mars menopause, no less. Experts believe the startling discovery justifies a further search for life on Mars and a look at all the possible ways of colonizing this hostile world incredibly high resolution images taken from satellites have identified shallow streaks of water less than 16 feet wide these appear on slopes during the martian summer where temperatures soar to above minus 23 degrees that's just like minnesota (laughs) temperatures soar to minus 23 degrees it's so warm my eyelids didn't freeze together today and then disappear when it becomes bitterly cold in winter sometimes as low as minus 87. Michael, I've driven in minus 87 before. It's what, on not Mars? Fun. No, not on Mars. I know you have trouble parking, but if you end up on Mars, you've got issues. 
<laughs> Michael Meyer, heading US space agency NASA's Mars Exploration Program. There's the Halloween theme again. Declared. <laughs> That's Michael Myers, isn't it? It is. There is liquid water today. He gets around, doesn't he? He does. One minute he's terrorizing neighborhoods, the next minute he's an expert on water on Mars. <laughs> it just shows that these are transferable skills. There is liquid water today on the surface of Mars, he says. Because of this, we suspect it is at least possible to have a happy, a happy, a a happy? happy environment, a habitable environment today. <laughs> News of the discovery comes four days after Ridley Scott movie The Martian had its UK premiere in London. I love Ridley Scott, by the way. If he was here now, I'd kiss him. Man's a god. Wow. I know. He's my, you know, let's think about this, right? Okay. A- alien. Okay. Good or bad? All right. All right. The first one we're talking about, not the stuff that came afterwards with, you know, okay. James Cameron. Blade Runner. Yay. Never seen it. Thelma and Louise. Never Yay. seen it. Gladiator. Yay. Yeah, I saw half of it and got okay. bored. Okay, well, I'm just saying the guy's a legend for me. <laughs> it, it's a, it takes a lot to please you, doesn't it? Yes, we've favorite? discussed this We have before. discussed that, yes. <laughs> that was an hour well spent. <laughs> Experts have determined that the newly discovered water contains salty minerals from deposits on the planet's surface. Where the water has come from is still a mystery. Much of Mars' water is believed to have evaporated into space, but some remains locked in the polar ice caps and possibly in pockets underground. Mars is thought to have been warmer and wetter billions of years ago with a thicker atmosphere, rivers and oceans. There we go. Fabulous. I shall give myself... Six points. Heather, the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. I have a live pterosaur that was filmed flying over Idaho. Does a pterosaur actually exist or is that a made-up dinosaur? I believe it was real at one time. Okay. That's a and pterod- now it's real again. It's a pterodactyl, isn't it? I, I think it kind of looks like that. Mm-hmm. But this is a pterosaur. That's what it says. Would okay. You like it? Well, it, a pterosaur. Oh, uh, but yes, but you don't pronounce the P, do you? That's why I said pterosaur. Yes, that's why we all think Nathan's a Rick. (laughs) (laughs) A recently released video claims to show what looks like a dinosaur flying over the United States. Yay! The controversial footage, which was allegedly recorded over Boise in Idaho by a perplexed onlooker, captures the moment the prehistoric flying reptile was spotted over the area. I don't believe that. That must have shocked a lot of locals as they were digging up their potatoes. Oh, sightings of the large winged creatures have actually been reported several times over the last few decades with legends of the Thunderbird still alive and well in Native American folklore. Yes. So they're kind of... Relating it back to that. Famous cases include that of two cowboys who in 1890 allegedly killed a gigantic bird-like creature in Arizona, which had smooth skin and a face like an alligator. Cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman has also written extensively about a series of Thunderbird sightings that occurred in the 1940s. So they're actually saying the chances of it being an actual pterosaur are remote, to say the least. Have you seen this footage? Have you seen the pictures? It's a model, isn't it? It's someone with a model plane. Well, they're kind of thinking it might be CGI. Well, you say that, but I've actually seen, if you go online and you type in the uh, words on a search engine, I've actually seen... Add the P. Yes, you need to add a P. (laughs) For the pterosaur. Pterosaur. (laughs) It's a potato. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ultimately they have made 
aircraft, model aircraft that can be remote controlled that look like pterodactyls. I've seen them. They flew one over Britain once to see what people's responses were. So I'm suggesting, I've not seen the footage, people are welcome to go and find it, but I'm suggesting it could be a remote controlled Pterosaur. Potato, that's right. <laughs> Advanced aliens could conquer and colonise our planet, warned Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking has tackled the mysteries of the universe his entire life. Now the world-renowned scientist has some new things to say about a potential alien invasion. If aliens visit us, the outcome could be much like when Columbus landed in America, which didn't turn out very well for the Native Americans, Professor Hawkins said. Such advanced aliens would perhaps become nomads, looking to conquer and colonise whatever planets they can reach, he said. Do you know Stephen Hawkins has just written a new book? No. Well, yeah, well, it's about time. <laughs> the physicist who has suffered from motor neuron disease since his 20s explained that the existence of aliens is beyond doubt to my mathematical brain the numbers alone make thinking about aliens perfectly rational the real challenge is to work out what aliens might actually be like he also explained that the best chances for survival of the human race is to find a new home on another planet like mars no doubt there's an increasing risk that a disaster will destroy Earth, Professor Hawkins explains. I therefore want to raise public awareness about the importance of space flight. I have learned not to look too far ahead. Well, he can't quite twist his neck, can he? Oh. But to concentrate on the present, I have so much more <laughs> Craig. I want to do. In July, this is why we don't have a webcam in our studio. <laughs> know, you know. Right? In July, Britain's most famous scientist helped to launch Breakthrough Listen, a 10-year, $100 million project funded by US-based Russian billionaire Yuri Milner. Mr Milner's team will scan the skies for alien broadcast signals, searching the entire Milky Way and 100 nearby galaxies. Professor Hawkins, 73, said at the Royal Society in London, somewhere in the cosmos, perhaps, intelligent life may be watching these lights of ours, aware of what they mean i tell you what it means we're going out live on dark matter radio on a friday evening with the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world i've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies i have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother is still snoring from the room next door so when the show is finished we'll go back there with a sharpie and draw rude pictures on her cast on her leg we move into the strange and the bizarre it's the stories from around the world this week that are fabulous and don't fit in any other category, but still need to be read out. And that is the round that is the strange and the bizarre. What have you got for me tonight, Heather, in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a woman who uses builder's foam on her hair by mistake. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. By mistake? By mistake. Oops. Builder's foam. So yes. what has she been using to keep the bricks up? <laughs> she's, she's, I'm always, whenever these stories come up, you think to yourself, well, the hang on a second. fabulous, hang by on, the way. Hang on a second. You must have. There must be bricks in her house that have styling mousse pumped into them. Probably. To keep out the cold and the wet and the wind. Well, a woman ended up in a hospital after accidentally using a can of builder's foam instead of hair mousse. Because the same things are kept next to each other on the shelf, aren't they, in the bathroom and are very similarly labelled. She wanted to add body. Well, she got it. Yeah. <laughs> she also wanted to add $2,000 to her property. <laughs> According to reports, the mystery woman, 
who is believed to be from Eastern Europe, had applied a large quantity of hair mousse to her head before realizing, to her horror, horror, that what she had actually used was a canister of expanding builder's foam traditionally used to fill gaps and walls. And now she looks like one of the Jackson 5 from 1973. <laughs> Yes, I shall call her Tito. He rocks in the treetops all day long. No? No. Okay. Uh, An image of her sitting in the emergency room has since (laughs) spread across the internet. You really have to go see this I want to see this now. Do you think the doctor said we'll have that all off down to the wood? Uh, I don't know. It isn't clear exactly how the hospital staff managed to remove the mass of solidified foam from her. The thing is, why do you keep going? She looks like a smurf. Why do you keep going? You do a little... (laughs) Surely after the first squirt, you realize what's happening. And it smell, it's got to smell funky. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> it's unlikely that the unfortunate woman will be reaching for hair mousse again anytime soon. What does she look like then? Describe oh, to our listeners and myself what this photograph looks like. I have a picture in my mind. Well, it probably looks like your picture. It looks like a Smurf hat or a <laughs> so she's cap. like a unicorn. I mean, horn. it was literally in like a point and there's hair <laughs> like a sticking out. Yeah, yeah. And she looks miserable, it's poor thing. Phyllis Diller with a Smurf hat on is where we're going. Pretty much, I've yeah. I've got a very, very fabulous yeah. visual picture of this woman and I wish to see this. Oh, expanding gonna, foam how in did the they, hair. How did they... I can't believe you they keep going. They had a buzz cutter or something. <clears throat> Down to the wood. Down to the wood. That's shocking. I know, right? I've got a story here that says Massachusetts math teacher, try saying that after a drink, says he's cracked the Lizzie Borden case. A Massachusetts math teacher says he has cracked the Lizzie Borden murder mystery. It's been over 100 years since Lizzie Borden was on trial for the murder of her father and stepmother. But now a mathematics professor says he has cracked the case. In a new book titled Cold Case to Case Closed... Author Richard Little says he has uncovered the real murderer and has the evidence to prove it. In a recent interview with ABC News, Little says he started studying cold cases back in 2010 and the Lizzie Borden case was one that piqued his interest. He started looking into police records, court papers and witness testimony and ended up zeroing in on three prime suspects. Lizzie Borden, the maid, and an uncle who stayed there named John Morse. 59-year-old Morse, Lizzie's uncle and the brother of her birth mother, told police he was visiting his sick relative down the road from the Borden house at the time of the double murder with the town's doctor. But that same doctor was at the Borden home looking over the bodies at the time Morse says he was with him. So little says the hole in his alibi added with his livestock business partnership with Lizzie's father makes him a prime suspect. He's made an entire book out of this. His entire mm-hmm. book has been written around the fact that Mr. Morse said he was with the doctor at the time and the doctor was actually with the bodies. Tell me how you squeeze 82,000 words out of that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lots of adjectives, I would suggest. Apparently, the business was falling apart at the time of the murders and Morse had a background as a butcher, making him even more suspicious to Little. Morse, by the way, left Fall River after Lizzie was acquitted and never returned. He died at the age of 79. Do you think Lizzie told the judge it was an accident? (laughs) Good times. I love this show. This is the best thing ever. (laughs) Heather, draw the round to a conclusion with the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. What have you got for me? I have a Burger King story. Uh Uh-huh. Does that work in the same way that Dairy Queen does for you? We'll find out. Okay. Burger King customers are spooked by green poop after eating the Halloween Whopper. 
green poop like a duck then yes ducks do green i'm just saying oh well there you go and here's another halloween story for you halloween is just around the corner and to celebrate burger king has introduced a black bund whopper with a1 steak sauce in the united states i actually want one don't type in black bun whopper on a word search by the way the fbi would be knocking <laughs> on your door but it turns out that this special treat comes with a surprising trick ghoulishly green poo <laughs> oh, oh there we go not long after burger king dropped the limited edition whopper its ghastly effects began to surface so what's behind the emerald extre- excretions Probably just food coloring. I want to try this. I do too. I'm now in a. I now sat here. I don't know whether this is just how our minds work, but if you're telling me that you're going to have green poo, there's fluorescent green poo going to come out. Yeah, I want to try one. That's all I'm saying. No pictures. And we'll get a color chart from Menards. (laughs) Something you you want to say, Greg? Anything Uh, coming out? Heather covered it. Oh, Heather got it. I don't want to see pictures. No pictures. No pictures. We'll post them on our website. No. You need a Menards color chart. So when it happens, you put it into the bowl and see. You know, you've got a choice apple blossom, zesty lime, autumn fall. There'll be a a color paint that matches that, I swear. Kermit the Frog. (laughs) What? I'm just saying. Uh, among dyes used to make the black bun is blue number one, also called <laughs> blue number one, also called brilliant blue FCF. Do you not have blue which, number one if you've eaten a lot of beetroot? No, oh, is it just me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this color does not absorb well in the intestines. is often combined with yellow colorized tantrazine to make the green dye. That's carcinogenic. I'm sure it is. If you I eat enough of that, you're going to have problems in but later I life. I try one. Well, I'm sure one would be fine. The onions would... Never mind all the colours of the bun. The moment I eat raw onion, game over. My bottom presses the ejector seat button and I'm reinserting my <laughs> lower intestinal tract with a shoehorn. Uh, so far, Burger King is staying pretty quiet about the fearful feculence. Say is, that again. Is it feculence or That'll is work. it feculence? You say feculence. I say feculence. Let's call the whole thing off. Great. The company's nutritional guidelines says the dyes used in the black buns are actually commonly <laughs> used <laughs> used in the industry approved by the Food and Drug Administration. So there's little to fear, or is there? Unless it glows. You could imagine. No pictures. Still no pictures. <laughs> imagine there's a power cut. All the lights have gone out. There's a plane coming into land. It can't see the runway. There's snow drifting across. It's a blizzard. You're going to crash. Where are you going? Well, you're out there defecating in small amounts to try and get the plane to come in as it glows green in the darkness. That's all I'm saying. This could save someone's life in an emergency situation. The black bun whopper. Yes. If it's glowing defecant and it's green, you can get a plane to land. We want your pictures of the black bun whopper. No, we don't. If people wish to no, send those... No, I don't to, want no. their aftermath. I yes, want I pictures that's what of you, their blood. You want, I thought you were <laughs> suggesting that people take photographs of the contents of their toilet bowl. No, I said of their black bun whopper, not their aftermath. Why would you want a picture of a burger? I want to see how many people actually eat it. Okay. So and if, it, supposedly the bun tastes like A1. Well, that's nothing to do with me. If you wish to send those photographs to Heather, you do in fact have a Twitter <laughs> account, don't you? Remind our listeners of that. Uh, yeah, I have a Twitter <laughs> account. <laughs> Thus proving the joke about the blondes was spot on. Well, all good things come to an end. Have you, have you got it yet? Have you found it? MQTA Heather, I think. 
on SoundCloud. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming stupid through osmosis. Oh, no. <laughs> going to be a long night. So your Twitter account is? MQTA Heather, I think. And Ray you Craig? want pictures? I think so. You want pictures of people's black buns? Yeah, I want to see who eats them. We now sprint into the round that is not for your mother. So congratulations for finding us on iTunes or indeed SoundCloud. This is the round where your mother needs to be removed from the room if she's of a delicate disposition. Any minors need to be taken outside or taken to bed with cookies and warm milk. You have been warned. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have an accused video voyeur offers worst explanation ever for taking iPhone upscoot. Yeah, upscoot. 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 That's a word, isn't it? Well, if you've just said it is, Shakespeare oh. made his own words up. I don't see why he should be any <laughs> he different. Did? Yes, it was tremendous for him. Really? <laughs> anyway, for taking iPhone upskirt photos, a man caught placing his iPhone under the skirt of a public shopper told police that he was actually taking pictures of cakes for his wife. Or at least buns. <laughs> not engaging in some felonious supermarket. Felonious. Lawyers. Yes. Is that in like Felonious Monk? <laughs> Do you know who Felonious Monk is? No. Okay. <laughs> so is it still funny? Well, I don't know. <laughs> depends if you're talking Cockney rhyming slang or not, doesn't it? Look, I've got some Felonious Monk on my sweater. That's. Oh. that's... According to a police report, the female victim told officers that she caught Michael Shukri Abdel's Atala, 48, what? filming her. Her back and, buns. Yes, right up her skirt as she shopped on Thursday night at the Palm Harbor, Florida market. Florida, yay! Yay, Florida! A woman- Felonious Monk, by the way, is a 1940s and 50s jazz trumpeter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> that information went out, out one ear and in another. I don't know. Only because there was a spider in the way. <laughs> oh, the woman confronted Atala reports cops who noted the store surveillance captured this act when a sheriff's deputy actually questioned atala he claimed to be taking pictures of cakes for his wife atala lives about a half a mile from the public supermarket where he was busted attila atala attila atala when i lived in cologne the girlfriend i had at the time i called hun but then she was german <laughs> the report does not detail why Atala's purported spouse needed the gallery of cake images, though Deputy Chester Johnson did point out that Atala's phone handiwork occurred in the deli by the hot chicken and not in the bakery. <laughs> but he did get some really nice close-ups of a cherry and some icing. <laughs> oh, Atala, seen above, well, you can't see it, only I did, was charged with video voyeurism, a felony, and booked into the county jail. He was released from custody Friday night after posting a $5,000 bond. So what is that, like 500 bucks, Something like that. Why didn't he use one of those selfie sticks? That's I the way he, to go, isn't I it? Th- he did. He did. Okay. According, Obviously, our minds are working in the same way. According to his Facebook page, Atala works for a Clearwater software firm, and the page includes no photos or mentions of a wife. Oh, 
Shocking. Oopsie. I've got a story here that says, according to a shocking new report, human beings will choose sex with robots over real partners in as little as 35 years' time. The report entitled The Future of Sex claims that robophilia will become more and more popular as technology advances. Written by Dr Ian Pearson, a leading futurologist. A lot of people will still have reservations about sex with robots. Well, you have reservations. Book, you have to book time with them, apparently. <laughs> First, but gradually as they get used to them, as the AI, artificial intelligence and mechanical behaviour and their feel improves and they start to become friends with a strong emotional bond, that squeamishness will gradually evaporate. It may evaporate, but it still leaves a very stubborn stain. The uh. report marks 2050 as the year that human robot sex overtakes human human sex i may need artificial help in 2050 if sex at that point doesn't involve plugging something in when i'm 75 i will be amazed it also states that in just 15 years most people will have some sort of virtual sex as casually as they browse pornography today according to dr pearson the advances in sex tech will provide opportunities for those that otherwise wouldn't have it virtual reality will allow people to have sex who might otherwise have few opportunities for some people in Wisconsin. People who are sorry, told Scott. sorry Scott. People who are told <laughs> people who are too old are restricted in what they can do in reality, he writes. Some companies are already experimenting with building intelligent advances in robot sex. I wonder if you used it over a prolonged period of time, its nose would start running. Mac McMullen, you was warned at the beginning of this round. You can't say you wasn't warned. Matt McMullen, the CEO of Love Doll, manufacturer Real Doll, is busy making a new toy. The first one is called Harmony, that will blink, open its mouth and even have a chat with you. I don't like the idea of that. She'll probably be programmed to say, you've never liked my mother. I asked you to put the trash out. You're constantly drinking. The ultimate aim is to create a doll that appears to behave as if she enjoys the act of sex. Well, enthusiasm is everything. Meanwhile, another robotics expert has launched a campaign to ban the development of sex robots in the UK. Dr Kathleen Richardson, a senior research fellow at De Montfort University in Leicester, has called the development of sex bots a disturbing trend that needs to be stopped. We're going back to Blade Runner here, aren't we? Sex robots seem to be a growing focus in the robotics industry and the models that they draw on. How will they look? What roles would they play? A very disturbing Indeed, she says. People are taking and having sex with vacuum cleaners as we speak. So what's the difference? Do you see what I'm saying? What sites are you on? Ones with vacuum cleaners, apparently. <laughs> Kirby. We, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to the bag. We think. That That's the, what you did a few years no, ago. No, <laughs> no, no. We can still be sued. We think Nathan? that the creation... <laughs> Our attorney's weeping in the corner, but he's also <laughs> counting his money. We think the creation of such robots will contribute to detrimental relationships between men and women, adults and children, men and men, and women and women. It's lucky all these relationships are not dysfunctional now already. Oh, God. Heather. Yes? What have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? I've got the winning story. You've got the winning story, have you? Remember your loved one, Right. My loved one. Yes. How do you want to be remembered when you die? Hmm? Thought about that yet? I'm guessing through my books, my art and my music. What memorial will you choose? Uh, a slot machine. So when people visit me, they can have some entertainment. Oh, I've got entertainment for you. There we go. 
How about having your ashes used in a love toy? Oh. Yeah, so your partner can remember your intimate moments together. What do you think? Huh? Uh-huh? There, there is films that have that in. What? I'm just saying, there was a very famous 1970s film, and the name escapes me, but the lead protagonist was Oliver Reed, and it was in France, and it was set in the medieval period, and the town was under siege from outside forces or war. Okay. And he fell in love with a nun, and because he fell in with the nun, and because they practiced, again, quote, the physical arts, the nun was put in prison, and as a heretic... Oliver Reed was burnt at the stake. Okay. What then happened was they digged through the ashes, found his femur. While it was still steaming and hot, they threw it into the cell where the nun was to prove that her lover had been burnt, and she used it in a way that a leg bone shouldn't be used. What have you been watching? This is a very, very famous film from the 1970s. The names escape me, but it's an Oliver Reed film. It's very, very famous, and I believe it was a British director. That's sick and wrong. It was a very famous film and very good. That just happened to be one scene. Greg's going to go online now. I want to look for Oliver Reed films from the 1970s. Well, anyway, this probably is not the most obvious answer, but designer Mark Sturkenboom hopes it will catch on. And he's not kidding. He actually created a memory box that includes, more conventionally, a necklace and an amplifier for playing music that reminds you of the deceased. There's also a scent diffuser and a gold-plated urn. I don't need the scent diffuser. I mean, that happens. You want it to smell like a bonfire then, do you? Well, not that scent. You're supposed to sense that reminds you of your passed-on loved ones. And I usually have to crack open the window. So so. a whiff of a a burger from (laughs) Dairy Queen is what you're getting then, isn't it? It's going to be a whiff of a Whopper. It's going to be the smell of onions. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Christ almighty. It's getting very strange indeed. A whiffy Whopper. Anyway, but... Let's be honest. Oh, that'll make a change. It's it's actually a, a love toy containing the ashes of the owner's dearly departed. So some people want to be fired into that space. Re- that really grabs your attention oh, and other man. things. But what? You want to fire in what in space? Your ashes. Some people. <laughs> you could get it made into a love toy, build a giant catapult and launch it. You see little, two, somebody two miles, putting bottle rockets on bottle it. Bottle rockets and launching it. <laughs> Two miles down the road, someone's got a broken pane of glass in their greenhouse and suddenly sees that. a poof of smoke. Yes. And they go in there and quivering in amongst their marrows and tomato plants. It's like the biggest worm they've ever seen. Oh, God. They're stamping on it. They're fingering through a book on parasites to find out what it is. Something's eating my tomatoes, Gerald. Look. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, Explaining his bizarre invention, Mr. Stukenboom said, after a passing, the missing of intimacy with that person is only one aspect of the pain and grief. He's actually calling this the base for 21 grams. The urn offers the possibility to conserve 21 grams of ashes of the deceased and displays it in an immortal desire. There's a lot to get through. I wonder if you can just position it on a cushion, on a sofa with the newspaper in front of the TV, just to remind you of how your loved ones were. I think it should be in the remote. It's in the remote. (laughs) Anyway, do you know why they call it 21 grams? Um, Because that's how much it weighs. 
No, 21 grams is supposedly what is the weight of a soul. That's right. We've discussed this before. Right. So that's why he calls it 21 grams. There was a professor that was weighing people on their deathbed and thought that you were weighing 21 grams less after your soul. Right. After your soul leaves your your body. body. Yes. That reminds me of my cousin David this week. David, it was David's <laughs> birthday. No, what I'm just saying, it was David's birthday, right, yeah. back in East London. Yeah. His wife said to him, seeing it's your birthday, Dave, I'm going to take you to a strip club. That's your treat for your birthday. So they go together to the strip club. When he gets to the door, there's a bouncer there. And the bouncer says, hi, Dave. Good to see you again. His wife looks at him and says, how comes the bouncer knows you? And he says, oh, we play on the same soccer team together. So they get to the bar. And the barman says, I'll get your usual, shall I, Dave? And his wife says, how comes the barman knows you? How comes he knows what your usual is? He says, oh, he's in my darts team. We play darts together. The stripper comes on the stage, goes straight up to David and says, do you want the usual, David? His wife says, right, that's it. Grabs him by the scruff of the neck, marches him out of the nightclub. They hail a taxi. They get into the back of the taxi and the taxi driver says, God, you've got an ugly one there tonight, Dave. <laughs> By the way, David's funeral is next Thursday. If people want to attend, it's at one o'clock. 21 grams. <laughs> 21 grams. I have a story here that says man shoots his own penis in bed, then lies to cops about how it happened. What? A man shot himself in the penis as he lay in bed. Genitalia? Straight through the twig. He then lied about it. How do you <laughs> said, lie about it? He said he was mugged. He then claimed he was mugged, the police claim. But the thing is, the man has a criminal record effectively banning him from the possession of a gun. So he, hadn't, he can't admit that he shot himself because he'd have broken his parole, right? So when he arrived at hospital with a shot penis, police investigated and were suspicious of his claims. He was robbed whilst putting out his rubbish for the bin men in Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Tom Watson was admitted to the Avera McKennan emergency room in the early hours for a gunshot wound to his penis, according to his a arrest. A gunshot? Afra David. A mm-hmm. gunshot with all the pellets. Do you think... Every time he goes for a wee, he whistles. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just going for a wee. I'm thinking it's Kettle's more like boiled. a sprinkler. It's like a one-note piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> Officers went to the... I'd be quite... I mean, to uh, be honest... Are you going to say I'm going to be quite pleased no. to have that scenario? <laughs> no, well, if he shot it, right, at point-blank range and it's not come off, do you see what I'm saying? A bullet does leave a big exit wound. Okay. I mean, he's lucky he wasn't holding... You know, the other end is where we are. He's lucky he didn't have to glue it back together. Oh, like... Do you see what I'm saying? Like Mr. Bobbitt? That's the sort of thing I'm... That's where I'm going. After a search warrant was executed at his apartment, investigators found what (laughs) appeared to be bullet fragments on Watson's (laughs) bed. (laughs) Officers went to his apartment block and failed to find any supporting evidence. But they did find a resident who heard a bang from the man's apartment, followed by howls of agony. An empty gun case was found. Officers were not able to locate the firearm. Later, Watson changed his story and told police he managed to shoot his manhood while looking at the gun. Did they get a hot tip? (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) The story was he was examining the gun, placed it in his pocket, and the gun discharged 
striking him in the twig. A shotgun? He doesn't say. They never found the gun. If it was a shotgun, trust me, he'd be left with like threads. There would not be much left. <laughs> he refused to tell. Can you imagine, like in years to come, someone gets like a lead pellet stuck in the back of their tooth. Ugh. He refused to tell officers. This is what having lead in your pencil is. Do you see what I'm saying? Having no. lead in your pencil. No. <laughs> His wife died of lead poisoning three years later. Oh. He refused to tell officers who were selling the gun and where the gun is now or how the bullet fragments ended up in the bed. Watson was arrested on charges of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, possession of a firearm by a drug offender, false report of a crime to law enforcement and false report of information to law enforcement. Apparently, he also has a court subpoena. <laughs> so let us look at tonight's scores in last place with a k2 meter and a dead battery it is heather who is on minus three in second place is kim on five kim's not even here how did she get five but tonight's runaway winner in first place with the thirty-three thousand dollar ir camera is myself who scored a very resplendent 34. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back, listener. Do not fear, listener. Yes, the one. The one. We've got in one Wisconsin. we haven't offended yet. There we go. Hi to Scott in Wisconsin. <laughs> Do not fear, listener in Wisconsin. We are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, especially if you don't like them. Feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqt at rocketmail.com. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, all of our archives are available with an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show with a round called Not For Your Mother. If you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA radio. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.